0: Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Uh, I'm really excited. Uh, it's, it's been a little bit since I've, I've gotten to be up here and share with you. And so I was thinking about what I wanted to share with you this morning, uh, and I actually ended up going back to a message that I prepared way back in high school. And this was actually the very first message that I I ever preached. And so it's a really special message to me. And I I redid it a little bit and I I added a couple of things. I'm not going to lie to you, sometimes it's super intimidating preaching to you guys because you get the caliber of Pastor Eric every Sunday, and it's like, well, what what the heck do I add on to that? Like, what what new things can I teach these guys? And so it's always a challenge, and it's always a difficulty, but I I think sometimes that causes me to overthink it a little bit. And and so I, I went back to this message that I prepared a while back, and it's just a simple message. I think it's just a good foundational message that I think we all just need to hear. And maybe you know it, maybe you need to be reminded of it. Uh, It's a message about faith, go figure. And I've titled this message, What Faith Looks Like. What faith looks like. See, faith is is simple. Faith at its core is just believing that God is who he says he is, believing that God will do what he says he will do. It's just believing God. And and a lot of people complicate it. They say, well, yeah, you've got to have faith, but you've got to do this, this, and that. You've got to show your faith. You've got to do this if you want the blessing of God. And this isn't a message about complicating faith because you can't complicate faith. Faith is, is simple. It's not giving you steps to do to earn God's blessing. But this is what faith looks like. I'm going to give you a few steps, just a few practical things uh, that you can do to help walk in faith, to help grow in your faith and to exercise that faith. And so we're going to be looking at a story from the the life of a man named Abraham uh, from the Old Testament. This is, again, one of my favorite stories of all time. We're going to be talking about the story when Abraham was asked by God to sacrifice his son Isaac. Really powerful story. Uh, There's so many good things, so so much gold in this thing. Uh, we're We're going to talk about that, but I'm going to give you a little bit of background about Abraham which again, most of you probably know. Again, you hear about Abraham all the time, but we're gonna do a quick 101 refresher course on Abraham, all right? Abraham was a man who walked by faith. He was a man who had a relationship with God. He was probably the most blessed man in this time period. He had the most riches, he had servants, he had land, he had anything you could have thought of. Uh, Abraham was a very blessed man man. And he walked by God. He walked by faith. The Bible says that he believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And so Abraham really set the standard for what faith in God looks like, and it's just believing God. It's not trying to perform for him. It's not trying to earn God's blessing in your life. It's simple. It's belief. That's what faith is. Um, And so Abraham, he walked by faith, and he had anything you could imagine, but he was missing one thing. Who knows what that thing is? What was he missing? a son, right, a child. He didn't have a child. His wife, Sarah, was barren, which means that she couldn't have a kid, and so it's like Abraham had the entire world, but he couldn't have the one thing that he really wanted. Well, God knew that Abraham wanted this, and so one day, God told Abraham, he said, Abraham, I know that Sarah's barren. I know that she can't have a kid, so I'm gonna give her a child all right? And keep in mind, at this time, they are old. Like, they're in their 80s, I want to say. Sarah was in her 80s, or she was 90 years old when God gave them this promise, all right? They were old. They were way past the age of having kids, but God performed his promise. He followed through with it, because one day, when Sarah was 90 years old, she finally had a son. They named him Isaac, and at this time, Abraham was 100 years old, all right? The most unbelievable thing, this incredibly old couple in their old age, they had a son that God promised them, okay? So they had their son, and then some years later, we get to the part in the story that I'm gonna be talking about when God asked Abraham to go sacrifice his new son, Isaac. And this is going to come from Genesis chapter 22 in the verse range from 1 to 14. And we're going to jump around a little bit. Uh, I don't don't want to read the whole story for you, but I'd I'd encourage you to go read it at home. But I'm going to give you just a quick overview. So we're going to start in verse 1 of that chapter. We're going to say, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. All right, so this is just where, where God told Abraham to go sacrifice his son. And so we're gonna talk about the rest of the story, but I'm gonna just give you a quick overview, a quick recap. So what happens is Abraham gets up early, he gets prepared for this journey, he takes his son with him, he takes servants, he takes wood for the burnt sacrifice. They go to the mountain that God ends up telling Abraham about the land of Moriah. Uh, they go to this mountain, and, and Abraham takes his son Isaac to the top of the mountain, he builds the altar, he puts the wood down, he ties up Isaac, and he's getting ready to literally sacrifice his son when an angel of the Lord appears to, to Abraham and says, Abraham, Abraham, don't do this. Now I know that you fear God, so you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. All right, so that's, that's how the story goes. God was testing Abraham's faith. Abraham was about to sacrifice his son, but then God said, hey, you don't have to do this. Um, and then at the end of it, God just said to Abraham even more, I'm going to bless you even more because you, you did this, because you believe me. So it's a, a really cool story, but there's also a lot of questions in it. Like, why, why did God do this? Why did he need to test Abraham's faith? Or you know, it, There's just so many unknowns about this, but I hope we can go through the story I really learned a few things from it. I'm really thankful that God doesn't test us like this now because that would you'd lose a lot of trust with your kids. I mean, I would never trust my... If my dad did that to me growing up, I would never trust him again. Oh my God, I'm so glad that God doesn't do that. But we are tested in our faith. In fact, we're tested on a daily basis. I and mean, we go through trials and tribulations that aren't caused by God and that God doesn't want us to go through, but just from the nature of just being in this world, we go through trials and tribulations. And so our faith is tested on a daily basis. There's a thief that comes to steal, kill and destroy. He comes to steal the word of God from you. The devil, he's always trying to take that faith from you because if he know, he knows that if he can just steal that faith from you, he can leave you vulnerable and he can take you out. And so we've got to be able to withstand the tactics of the enemy. We've got to be able to stand in faith at all costs, and we can learn so much from the story about Abraham. Abraham was sacri- was told to sacrifice his son, Isaac, and it probably made no sense to Abraham at the time, because this was his only son, all right? An only child, especially back then, is so special. And, and in one sense, this was all he had. This was his only legacy. To, he could have had All the riches in the world. But if he didn't have a son, then what good was any of that? He had nothing to pass on. He had no legacy. God asked him to sacrifice his only son, but Abraham decided just to trust God because Abraham knew that he had a promise from God. God had promised him that he would inherit the nations, that he would have descendants more than he could have ever counted or imagined. And, and he knew that this was a promise, so I, I truly believe that he held on to that promise, and he didn't know why God was asking him to do this. He didn't know exactly how it would work out, but he just knew that God was going to perform his promise. So again, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole story for you, but we're going to go through just a, a few parts of this story, and I'm going to point out a few things that Abraham did, uh, a few things that we can learn from and that we can apply to our walk of faith. All right, so if you're taking notes, here's the very first one. The very first one is to prepare. You've got a journey of faith in front of you, and you've got to be prepared for that journey. That's the first step of walking by faith. You know, when you know something is going to happen, you prepare for it. When you know a test is coming up, you study. When you know you've got to preach a message, then you prepare for that message. In verse 3, It says the next morning Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. All right, so this is kind of crazy because Abraham didn't just prepare for the journey, but he got up early. You know, he chopped the wood. He put work into it. It was almost like he was eager for this thing to happen, and if that was me, I, God didn't give me a time frame. He didn't say, Abraham, you got to get up bright and early in the morning and go sacrifice yourself. I would have just like taken weeks to prepare. I'm like, oh, sorry, God, I got to gather all the wood. I would have stalled as long as I could, because I wouldn't have wanted to go on this journey, but Abraham, he got up early, and he prepared for the journey. He was ready for it, You know, being a pastor, you've always got to be prepared to speak a message. You hear Pastor Eric talk about this all the time, and he always quotes the scripture from 2 Timothy that that tells Timothy to be ready to preach the word in season and out of season, just meaning be ready to preach the word when you're needing to, when you're expecting to, but also be ready to preach the word when you're not expecting to. And so I I really hold on to that. That's that's a huge lesson that I've learned from Pastor Eric. So I make sure that I'm always ready in the Word. I always spend considerable time in the Word. I spend time reading the Bible on a daily basis. I'm in church every Sunday. You know, sometimes I listen to podcasts. I always make sure that I'm feeding myself with the Word of God because situations come up where you need to preach. For example, I'll just kind of give you an overview of my last week, and this is just what happened. I forgot I was leading a prayer group at work, and so I showed up, and I wasn't prepared, and so I had to share something on the spot. I showed up to Wednesday church, Wednesday night, and something happened where we didn't have a service host last minute, and first song, Pastor Eric said, hey, I need you to be service host. You got to deliver a-, a message about offering, and you've got to pray. And I'm like, okay, I've got it. I've got a story for that. You know, I'm ready for it, And then uh, yesterday, Jesse, Pastor Jesse texted me and said, hey, I actually need you to do communion. Can you do communion? I'm like, yep, I got it. And last night, Pastor Eric texted me because he wasn't actually sure if he was going to get to be here today. So he's like, hey, something's happening. I I might need you to preach tomorrow. Can you be ready? I said, yes, sir. I've got it. And and on the surface, it might look like this is a very last minute thing. Like, oh, he just threw something together and and he just wasn't ready, but he he made it work. And I don't want, I'm not telling you this at all so that you'll uh, think that this was just a message I pulled out of my hat, and you'll give me more grace for it. No, I'm not telling you that at all because the truth was I was prepared for these things. The truth is, I, I know the word of God because I spend time in the word of God. I have messages ready because I've been doing this for a while. And I, I when I, I have a thought or an illustration, I, I take a note and I put it in my phone so that when something happens, you granted, you can be as prepared as you want to be. You know, we schedule people for service hosts, usually more than a week in advance. We schedule people to preach. We ask them, usually when Pastor Eric asks me to preach, it's at least a couple couple. weeks in advance, so I have time to prepare, but things will always come up last minute where you are just needed to step in and be ready to preach the Word of God, and that's why you've got to be prepared. And maybe you'll never get on stage and share a message. Maybe you'll never preach to a congregation, but you've still got to be prepared in the Word of God. You've still got to know it because situations are going to arise on a daily basis that are going to come to test your faith, they're gonna to come to steal your faith, and you've gotta know what's from God. You've gotta know what's not from God. You know, Jesus said that man does not live by bread alone because he realized something important is that it's not this that sustains us. It's not the things that we eat and then our job and our salary that sustains us. It's the word of God. He recognized that if you have the word of God inside of you, if you're solid on the word of God, that you'll be prepared for every single situation. That you'll, I can't tell you how many times I've been reading something in the morning in, in the Bible and then something has happened that exact same day that I'm like, I've got a verse for that, because I just read that this morning. Like, a situation comes up where somebody says something mean to me, and I remember a scripture that says about something about not having anger, or not having wrath, or acting in forgiveness, and I'm like, I'm holding on to that. Or, you know, something happens every day, but if you've got the Word of God inside of you, you'll be prepared for it. And and you don't ever know what's going to happen. You know, by the time that you hit that situation, if you don't have the Word of God, then it's too late. You have nothing to fight that situation with. But if you're prepared in it, and you You've got scriptures about peace, then when the, the thief comes to try to steal that peace from you, you're prepared. And you can say, no, I've got the peace of God that passes all understanding and it will guard my heart and my mind. Or when you hit that situation where you're just feeling abandoned or alone, that you remember the scripture that says, my God will never leave me and he'll never forsake me. If you're having trouble falling asleep at night, you'll remember the scripture that says that I will lie down in peace and sleep for you, oh Lord, make me dwell in safety. Those are the things that you hold on to when you need them the most. And so you, you may have something that you're believing God for. You may have a situation that, that you're fighting. You may be in a great spot right now, but you still need to be prepared. You need to be in the Word of God. You need to be in church, and you need to be ready for whatever's going to come your way, because I promise you, if you're equipped with the Word of God, then you'll be ready to fight every single situation. You'll make it, make it a point. Take the first five, 10 minutes of your day, and, and read a scripture, read a verse, read a chapter, whatever you have time for. If you don't know where to start, get the Bible app. It gives you a suggested verse of the day every day. They're usually great, and sometimes that's exactly what you need, just something that you're feeding into yourself that just keeps you going on a daily basis. You got to make that non-negotiable time with God. Literally, it's, it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to think like, oh, I woke up late, I've got to get to work. And sometimes in my mind, I reason it out and I start thinking, well, 30 minutes of sleep can probably do a lot better for me than 30 minutes in the word of God. And it's just a really easy mindset to get in because you're thinking practically. You're thinking realistically like, oh, I actually need to sleep or I can't perform at work. But you gotta remember that man does not live by bread alone, that the word is how you live, that the word is life to all of your flesh. It's health to those who need it. It's your, it's your answer to every situation you find yourself in. And if you are struggling with feeling tired or not having enough energy, there's scriptures for that. You know, God is with you. You got the the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and he's gonna equip you, and he's gonna empower you, and he's gonna strengthen you. And you just gotta make that non-negotiable time with God every day because it's so important for your life. Make sure you got the word of God inside of you. Be reading scriptures daily. Read the word, pray to God, seek direction, and be in church. That's That's a big one right there. So Abraham got up early and he prepared for this journey. There were so many unknowns here. All right, he didn't know what was gonna happen, but he was prepared for it. Number two that I wanna tell you this morning is to proceed, proceed, move, walk, go. The thing that I love the most about this story is how many unknowns there were. Abraham didn't question God. If God told me to go sacrifice my son I would have said, why? <laughs> right? I would, why do you want me to sacrifice my son? I would have said, well, if we look back at that scripture, he said that, uh, go to the land of which I will tell you. Right? So it, where am I going, God? Um, What's gonna happen? There were so many unknowns about it. I would have been asking God a lot of questions because me personally, I like to know the details before I commit to something. I would like to know a few more things about you asking me to sacrifice my son before I actually commit to doing that. But Abraham didn't question God. He didn't even ask where he was going. Verse two, it said, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. There was no step-by-step direction here. There was no more information other than that. He didn't tell initially, he didn't tell Abraham where he was going to go to sacrifice his son. And the next verse, verse 3 and verse 4, it says, Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told them about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Again, it just amazes me how, how much detail is lacking here. How much God didn't tell him and how much Abraham, it almost seems like, you know, you hear blind trust, right? But the truth was, Abraham did trust God blindly. He didn't, he didn't need to know the details because of how much he trusted God. And I want to get to a place in my life where I, I don't need to question things because I just trust God so fully and know who he is and know what he's going to do. Abraham didn't know where he was going. He just started going, he just started moving. How many of you in here are like me where you like knowing the details? You like knowing the steps that need to be done and the outcome, yeah. I see my mom raise her hand and, and they're gonna be part of my illustration day because I'm a lot more like my mom where I need to know that like when we would go on a trip, my mom back when MapQuest was a thing, you know, she would have all the directions printed out so we knew where to go, right? Because my mom's very detail-oriented, she's very organized um, and I'm, I've always been a lot like that whereas my dad is, kind of the complete opposite. And there's, I'm I'm not ragging on anyone because there's strengths on both sides. I think that you kind of need a happy medium of both of those things in your life. My dad's the complete opposite where like, for example, I was meeting him at the lake last week. And I said, and it was in like Little Elm or somewhere, I said, okay dad, where am I going? He's like, oh, I'm not really sure. Um, You know, just call me when you're near there and read the exits to me and I can tell you where to go. And I'm like, like the old me would be like, can you not just send me an address or tell me the name of the place? But I'm like, all right, that sounds fun. Let's just, let's just play this game, and I'll just figure out where I'm going. So I just get on 121, and when I get near the tollway, I call my dad, and I said, all right, we got the Dallas North Tollway coming up. No, it's not that one. What's the next one? Drive for another minute. All right, we got Main Street coming up. No, that is not that one. Doesn't sound familiar. And drive a, another minute, and we got Sandridge coming up. He's like, yeah, I think that's it. It's sandwich. It's sandwich. Like, okay, I'm going to exit here. So I exit. He's like, all right, there should be like a gas station over there. Like, what do you say? Like pull over at the gas station and I'll meet you there. And then you can just follow me. And we ended up, Yeah, like, I ended up finding it. We ended up getting there and it was definitely an adventure, but that's always, that's my, that's my dad. It's like, we don't book hotels in advance. We just drive until we find a hotel and we go in and we book it. All right. Or it's like, calls me, hey, I just decided I'm going to leave town tonight. Do you want to go with me? I'm like, dad, i got to ask off work. I can't just go on a vacation with you. And that's just how my dad works. And I've learned in my life to, to kind of reach like a happy medium of like the organization's good, but it's also good not to, not to have to worry about that all the time. Sometimes the adventure is also really good for you as well. And I just think about this relationship with God is a lot of times we want the information. We want the details. We want to know what the outcome is. We want to know what steps we're going to take and where we're going to end up because we feel like if we don't, then we can't control the outcome, that we can't ensure that we're actually going to get to the destination that we need to get to. But you've got to understand that the way a relationship with God works works. The way that walking by faith works means that you're not always going to know where to go. You're not always going to know what to say, what to do, or the the right step to take. All you got to know is God is who he says he is, that he's good, that his promises are yes, and that they're amen. And if he's promised it, then he will do it. That's what you've got to hold on to. That's what you've got to pursue. Because if you know that, then nothing else matters. The details don't matter. When you hit that storm, when you lose a job, when you're dealing with health issues, whatever, it doesn't matter because God is good, because God is a healer, because God is your peace that passes all understanding. What can man do to me, right? What can the world do to me because I've got a God that I can hold on to, that I know he's never going to let me down. I know he's never going to leave me, and he's never going to forsake me, and it doesn't matter. I don't need to know every step to take. I don't need to know how things are going to work out. I just need to Know that they're gonna work out. It also says that the Lord, uh, that a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Because that's what a relationship with God looks like. Is God directs your steps? He leads you. You've got a spirit inside of you that guides you into all truth. And I love the story of Abraham because he just went for it. He just trusted God. He didn't ask for all the details. He didn't ask for a, a map quest printout. He just went for it. God told Abraham to sacrifice his son. And he, he didn't know how that was going to work out, but he trusted God. Walking by faith means taking a step in faith. And sometimes, most times, the road is not completely clear. But you've got to just start walking by faith and trust God to guide you. God will take you there, but you've got to be willing to trust him. There's always an action that you can take in your faith. And that's gonna be different for every single one of you. There's, there's a, a, an unknown that you're facing. You know, a lot of times the, the promise of God, the finish line is just outside of the comfort zone. And there's, there's a promise that you're believing God for, but you've gotta be willing to step out of that comfort zone. You gotta be willing to take that step that might look a little scary, that might look a little dangerous, that might be a little bit unknown, but you gotta know that God's gonna get you there. He's gonna take you there. And faith doesn't just sit around and wait for God to do something. Faith is about going through your life behaving as though God is actually going to do that thing. It's not just sitting around and waiting for a new job, but it's going to job interviews, expecting the favor of God on your life, knowing that God's going to give you favor with that person that interviews you. And I'm not telling you to make irresponsible, irrational decisions. That's not what this is about. I think that God, I believe, I know that God speaks to every single one of you. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, right? You all hear the voice of God, whether you realize it or not, you can hear the voice of God, and God speaks to you. And I know that you know that if God's speaking something to you, you'll know. You know, you you probably can think of something right now, like maybe something that has just been on your heart lately, maybe something that that God's kind of put in the back of your mind that you've just been been thinking about and been pondering, And, and it's that thing, that thing that looks a little uncomfortable that you're thinking of right now that looks a little scary, but that's the thing that you need to do. And again, this isn't, this isn't me saying make irresponsible, irrational decisions, but this is me telling you to do whatever God's telling you to do. Yeah. Take whatever steps that God is telling you to do and just trust him with it. You gotta really evaluate where you're at and what God's telling you to do. Maybe it's an apology that you need to make to somebody. You're, you're believing God for like a restored relationship. Maybe you got to take the first step and make an effort in that relationship. Or maybe that means you forgiving that person and having that conversation. Well, then that's what you got to do. It's scary. No one likes conflict. No one likes confrontation. No one likes saying that they're wrong or admitting that they're wrong, right? But maybe you got to take that step. And that's a step of faith because the truth is you're believing God for a promise, and that's an action that you need to take. You know, maybe that you're believing God for, for a, a blessing or prosperity then why don't you try giving? That's a step that you can take. You know, maybe God's speaking to you right now about somebody in your life that needs a blessing, somebody that's struggling, something that you need to do. And I wanna just encourage you to listen to that voice and take that step. And as soon as you just start walking by faith, God's gonna take you there. He won't let you down, I promise. You gotta proceed. You gotta walk by faith. And then this third and this last step is to proclaim. Proclaim The most important aspect to your walk of faith is the words that you speak. Your words have so much power, and if you want to experience the promise of God in your life, then you've got to learn to start speaking in faith. In verse five, Abraham said this. He said, "Stay here with the donkey," Abraham told the servant. So this is after they arrived at the land of Moriah. Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there, and then we will come back. Okay, so let me ask you, was Abraham lying? Was he just trying to hide the truth from the servants, or did he actually believe that him and his son Isaac were gonna come back from this? Remember, he's going there to kill his son, to sacrifice his son, but why is he telling his servants that he's gonna come back? Well, I don't think he's lying. I don't think Abraham was that kind of guy. I think that he was speaking in faith. I think that he was, he was a little conflicted. I think he had two promises, two things that God told him that he was holding on to. One, you're going to have a son, you're going to inherit the nations, you're going to have a bunch of descendants, and then the second thing that God told him to do was go kill your son, all right? He's got two things from God. You know, if either one of these things didn't come true, then God would be a liar, and Abraham knew that God was not a liar, so Abraham knew that I, these two things don't reconcile, like, I don't understand. These two things can't mix. doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to trust God. And so he fully knew that somehow, some way, him and Isaac were going to come back down from that mountain, and Isaac was going to be alive. And actually, in Hebrews eleven nineteen, 19, it actually gives us more context. It gives us insight into what Abraham was thinking back in this Old Testament. And it says this. It says, Abraham, concluding that God was able to raise him up, meaning Isaac, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So Abraham knew in his mind that, okay, if I end up killing my son, well, God's got to raise him from the dead or something's got to happen because that, I've got a promise from God, and, Abra, and Isaac is my promised son, so he is coming back down from this mountain. Abraham knew one thing about the situation, that God had promised him a son, and so somehow, way, that promise was going to stay in effect, and it was going to come true. And this whole time Abraham is making the journey, I just imagine that that's the thing he's holding on to, is he's remembering the time that God said, look at the stars, And count the stars, because I I will give you more descendants than what you can even count. And I I imagine he's remembering that time that God said, look at the sand on the seashore. I'm going to give you more descendants than you can even number right here, more than you could have ever thought or imagined. And he's just remembering and holding on to these promises. Because if he doesn't, he's going to get so caught up in the reality of the situation that my son is about to die. But it doesn't say that Abraham was afraid. It doesn't say that he sweated. It doesn't say that he was worried. He believed God. And he just went full force to this thing because he knew that God was going to keep his promise. In verse 7 and 8, it says, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. All right, this is where he's starting to get a little suspicious. All right, he's like, wait a second. He said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. All right, it started to get pretty suspicious. Isaac's like, wait a second. We don't got a lamb. I'm carrying the wood. You told our servants to say back, what is happening? But again, Abraham's speaking in faith. He said, my God's gonna provide for himself a lamb for the burnt offering, which in in one sense, we're talking about Jesus, right? We're talking about Jesus who is the spotless lamb who God sent to punish, to take the punishment for our sins, died on the cross, crucified for our sin, to the spotless lamb of God, right? So we see Jesus in this story, which you always can, but also he's talking about his son. He's saying, you know, God's gonna take care of this sacrifice. I don't know how, but he's gonna take care of it. Notice he doesn't give a lot of details because he doesn't have it. He just knows that God's gonna take care of it. And there's no alternate ending here. The only situation that can happen is Isaac is going to die. But Abraham knows the truth, and he's speaking in faith. He's holding on to the promise that God gave him despite the situation. And he continued to speak in faith because he knew it was going to work out. Speaking in faith is difficult because your words often feel so contrary to the situation, and then you just feel like a liar. But the truth is, if God said it, then that is the truth. And that's more real than whatever your situation is. And you can't ever go wrong with saying what God has said because he's gonna always come through for you and he'll never let his word return void. I tell this story a lot because it's, it's my most, I feel like my most successful story of speaking in faith and it's about my jaw being healed. I got Team J when I was in high school. I remember I was, I was just taking a test and I'd finished. So I was doing a weird thing where I was like leaning on my pencil and then I just felt my jaw just completely like snap almost, and I couldn't open my mouth, and it hurt so bad, and it was just completely locked. And my mom took me to the chiropractor after school, and he kind of worked it out so that, you know, I was able to like open my mouth some, and, but it's still super uncomfortable. Um, and so we were going to the chiropractor for a while, and uh, you know, it would help temporarily, but I would always have this problem where my jaw would would pop when I opened it, and it was always just very tight and very uncomfortable. And At one point, I was going to a different chiropractor, and by this time, I was in college, and he did the x-ray, and he said, have you ever been in a car crash? I said, yeah, actually, I was was in one back when I was in high school. He said, because what it looks like is it looks like you had a seatbelt right here, and it looks like your body jolted and turned around that seatbelt, and it caused a chain reaction to eventually things in your body just kind of started shifting, and eventually your jaw just shifted. And so I was like oh that that's really interesting I didn't know that. So he was helping me a lot and you know temporarily helped the issue but it it never completely got resolved. And I just kind of like Forgot about it. I remember that every day, because of how uncomfortable it was, every day I would just thank God for my healing and I'd say, God, I thank you that I am healed by Jesus Christ. And I didn't ever feel healed, because it was always uncomfortable, but it just kind of became like a routine thing where I stopped thinking about it and I, I truly believed that God had taken care of it, even though like, I wasn't seeing that fruit in my life. And I remember several years after this, I'd stopped going to the chiropractor, nothing else was being done. Um, but I was still speaking in faith. I remember I was in college um, and I was just listening to a lecture from a professor, and I just kind of had my hand underneath my jaw right here, and I just opened my mouth, and all of a sudden I'm like, what? And I opened my mouth, and it was just completely gone. Like, it was just completely healed. And I was just, in one sense, my mind was kind of blown, because I'm like, wow, God actually did, did do this. He actually, this is a miracle, like, this happened. But in another sense, I really had believed that God was my healer. And so and there was part of me that wasn't surprised because I really believed. I knew that God was going to take care of that. But there was the other part of me that I'm like, this is awesome. Like, this is a huge success story. This is just the, the longest walk of faith that I've ever had to take. But God showed himself because God is real. And if you'll just continue to speak the word of God, you know, I don't know how long it's gonna take you. I don't know what the outcome's gonna look like. I just know that God's word is true and that he will come through for you. So if you just continue to declare healing over your life, then you will experience healing in your life. If you continue to receive the blessing of God by faith and speak it, then you will see that in your life, but you've gotta speak it. You know, faith doesn't have any buts. You can't say, you can't say, I believe I have this promise, but in case I don't, I'm gonna, no, that's not faith. You've gotta be convinced of the promise. You've gotta really believe that God is who he says he is because if he's not, then what's the point of, of asking or speaking in faith? No, we go to God in faith because we believe that he's real. We believe that he's powerful and we believe that he loves us. So you've got to speak in faith, no matter how scary or bad your situation looks, God will always come through for you. What are you telling others about your situation? Are you telling them that God will provide? Are you telling them that God will heal you? Because if you believe that, then you've got to speak it. If you want to see the fruits of that, then you've got to declare it. Proclaim. In verse 10, and we're going to read the rest of the story here, where you see the conclusion. It says, and Abraham stretched out his hand and took out the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And then the next verse says, for now I know, no, I'm sorry. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now that I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the place the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Such an incredible resolution to the story, but it still leaves us with the question. Why, God? Why did you tell him to go sacrifice his son? Why did you need to know this? Didn't you know that Abraham already believed you? He already walked by faith. But there's a lot more going on to the story than what we realize. Just like you don't always understand why things are happening or why the timing's not working out exactly how you want or what the, you don't always understand. But again, it's always gotta come back to you. you just gotta trust God because there's always There's always something that he's doing. There's always something that's being worked out behind the scenes that you may not be able to see right now, but one day you will. So why, why did God tell Abraham to go sacrifice his son? Well, back in Genesis 15, God had promised Abraham that he would have just an innumerable number of descendants. This was where he first gave Abraham this promise. He promised that he would inherit all of this land, all of the nations, and Abraham believed it. But then he asked this, he said, but how will I know that I will inherit it? Then God, he proceeded to make a covenant with Abraham. See, Abraham already had the promise from God, but then he was given this covenant as even more of an assurance. And like I was talking about earlier with communion, a covenant's more than just a promise. It's, it's a guarantee. It's something that can't be broken. The fact that he had this covenant with Abraham, the way a covenant works is it's, 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 a, it's a guarantee. All right, if I've got a covenant with you, it's the same thing as saying, I do for you what you do for me. If I do something for you, then you're obligated to do something for me because you're joined to that person. <laughs> All right? you, you, have, you almost owe that person what they owe you. It's a, it's a covenant. That's how covenants work. So if, if Abraham asked God for something, God was going to be obligated to do that. If God asked Abraham for something, then Abraham would have been obligated to do that. That's the way a system of a covenant works. You do for me what I do for you. So let's go back to the story a little bit. God asked Abraham to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Sound familiar? Because if we fast forward to when Jesus sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be sacrificed for our sins, it's, we've, we've got a parallel here. So what's happening here when, when God is actually asking Abraham to sacrifice his son, Isaac, What he's doing is he's saying, okay, now that you've sacrificed your son, you've given me entry into the world to come and sacrifice my son. See, I can't just come and invade your free will and make my son come to this earth, born of a virgin Mary, but because he took the seed of Abraham, which was Mary, and he said, I'm now going to give you my son in return. I'm going to sacrifice my son for your sins. He's going to live a sinless life. He's going to die on the cross. See, this whole time, there was a bigger plan in motion that Abraham probably, he probably never even... And knew that this was happening, and it's, this was thousands of years later that this actually happened. How would he have known? You just got to trust God. You don't ever know what's being worked out behind the scenes. But this is, this is why I love the story so much, because it's so obviously about Jesus. And remember when Abraham said to Isaac, God will provide for himself a lamb for the burnt offering. Well, again, he's talking about Jesus. God's gonna provide Jesus to be paid for as a spotless lamb. He's gonna pay for the sins that we committed. And I'm telling you that to say, listen, it it doesn't always make sense. You may be wondering, well, why why haven't I experienced healing yet? Why haven't, I, I don't know. You've got questions. I don't have all the answers for you. All I know is that God is good, that God is a healer every single time that God is our provider, that God is our peace, that God is everything you need because he's good and he's a father and he loves you and that's what you need to hold on to. You've got questions, I get it, We, we all do. I'm right there with you. But if you get more focused on the questions than you do on the promise, then you're gonna question yourself out of the promise. But if you stay focused on the promise, you'll never be let down and you'll never be disappointed because God is always going to come through for you. God was planning this whole thing. That's so crazy to me. I just, think of like, I just think of parents who go into parenthood not fully ready, right? I mean, I think that's probably every parent. Like you probably think, I don't know yet, I'm not a parent, but you probably think you're ready, and then you get into parenthood, you're like, no, I was not ready for this. At least that's what I hear a lot from parents. I just think about how long God was actually preparing the way for Jesus to come into this world. It says that before the foundation of the world, Jesus was slain. Like before he even created mankind, he already had this plan of redemption in place where Jesus was going to come into our lives. And then he used Abraham to, to develop this covenant and develop it. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked, but I just think it's so amazing how much God actually thought through this entire situation and how much was orchestrated and planned. He, he was going to find a way to get Jesus to us no matter what, because he's a promise keeper and he does whatever it takes to keep his promise. And maybe you're not there. Maybe, maybe you're like, well, I'm not there in my faith. Like, I can't confidently say that God is going to do this for me. And that's okay. Let's start with step one. Just start by being here. Start by reading the word of God and start looking for answers yourself. Maybe you're unsure about some of the things I said. Well, go read the Bible because it'll speak for itself. I'm not afraid of, of anybody reading the Bible or pointing anybody to it because it speaks for itself. And, and if that's where you're at, then just start there. Go look at what the Bible says about it because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And your faith will grow as you spend time in the Word of God. But I just want to challenge you with those three things today. Prepare, proceed, proclaim. Apply those to your faith. You're not going to be disappointed. You'll find your faith grow, and you'll find things will get a lot better. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are, Lord, that we sing the song that says you're a miracle worker, a promise keeper, and we sing that, Lord, because you actually keep your promises. There's not one that you haven't kept, and there's not one that you won't keep. You're good. You only do good. We're just so thankful for that. Lord, I just ask that anybody in here who's been struggling in their faith, and they haven't been sure what to do, where to go, or. What steps to take, or they've been struggling in a business venture, or they've been struggling in their job, or they've been struggling just in their faith. Overall, Lord, I just, I just thank you that right now you're speaking to every single one of those situations. And whatever they needed to hear, whichever one of these steps they needed to hear this morning, Lord, that it's just taking root in their life and that it's gonna challenge them and it's gonna help them grow. Lord, most of all, I thank you that you're just with us in this process, that you you haven't just given us a handbook and said, here, go, read. But Lord, you're with us, you're walking with us every step of the way, so Lord, I just thank you for teaching us what we need to do, for showing us the steps that we need to take. Lord, right now, on behalf of this congregation, I'm committing that we are going to believe you. We are going to be the church that trusts you, believes your promises and holds on to them no matter what we see. And I thank you that as we begin to walk by faith, Lord, that you're meeting us that you're guiding our steps. Lord, I thank you for healing broken hearts today. I thank you for healing physical bodies today. I thank you for wisdom, for guidance, for hope. Lord, we thank you just above all that you're good and that you love us and that you keep your promises. So bless everybody as they go out today. God, I thank you that whatever their week looks like, you're with them, that you're guiding them, you're protecting them, that you're giving them your supernatural favor in every situation that they're gonna know how to respond because they know your word. And they're solid on that, Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for your favor in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.